Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Good morning, Real Life. How you guys doing? Man, I want to give a shout out to the Dream Team. Who is on the Dream Team? Raise your hand out there. Man, thank you so much for all the hard work you do. We could not do this without you. We love partnering with people in their dreams. So I want to say thank you from my heart. Man, every time I, I, we come in, it's like, wow, what an amazing experience. We had somebody today was just talking to us, man, I can't believe this is portable, you know? I think it's a permanent home. We're going to take over KT. They're going to watch out, you know what I'm saying? So... I think it's going to work that way. But thank you so much to Bob heart from our team. We love you. Uh, and if you're interested in getting involved, we'd love you to come out today and just kind of step in at Next Steps. Hey, we're in the middle of a series called Mastermind. Somebody say Mastermind. Mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs some help over their master of the mind, I think. So part three of a series. And, uh, you know, we taught the mind being powerful, that your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Whatever you think about, that's what you're going to be, become. That's what you're going to do. And so your brain is constantly evolving. You have, you have neural pathways that are being made every time of thought. So if you're a negative person, guess what happens? You become positive overnight. No, I'm just kidding. You become a negative, right? If you're like me, it's like, man, just I'm a realist, which means like cynical and depressed and irritated. And that's kind of my nature, right? And so I got to fight uphill. Like, man, I can be a positive person. I'm going to make a choice to be positive. I'm going to be different. I'm going to make a difference. And so we're studying through the life of the Apostle Paul and his mindset. That he waged war mentally. He was in some tough spots. Some of you guys are in some tough spots. Some of you guys are in a tough spot in your marriage. Some of you guys are in a tough spot with your family, maybe at work. Maybe your bank account is like this big. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You're like, Christmas is coming up. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, things aren't going well, right? And so we can change our mentality. We can change the world around us through our mindset. And so last week we looked at a little thought that if you control the way you think, you control the way you live. We checked out this verse in 2 Corinthians 10. It says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Come on, somebody. We don't fight the way the world fights. We fight with the weapons that come from God. The power of the world and contrary divine power. Man, I love we have divine power. We have a power from heaven. The power of the Holy Spirit inside our minds to do something fantastic, something incredible. And that power is to do this. It's to demolish strongholds. We can change the way we think. Amen? Some of us have been telling ourselves the same thing for a long time. If you're in high school, you might start doing something or thinking a certain way. And you might think that way until you're my age. Like, I'm so old, right? Like, this old guy up here. Like, I'm like 80. I might croak. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, but we have the power to crush and vanquish and destroy and obliterate our mentality. We can change the way we think. The way we do this is this. It says this, for we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every single thought and bring it obedience to Christ. Can you imagine every single thought you have in your life was walking with God? Imagine how different your life would be. Imagine how different your marriage would be, how different your relationship with your family would be. And things might not work around you. The circumstances may not change, but you would be a better person, amen? You'd be a better person to be around, to be, be around, be uh, with. And so we can take captive every single thought. God gives us the power from heaven to control our mind. You know, some of us are addicted to our own negativity, aren't we? Like, we just kind of look for the worst. Like, people walk around, just kind of find things and tear down things. But we can be a different people. And so the last few weeks, we looked at different things. We looked at how our brain is just hardwired. Like, we start wired up. We start thinking negative, being critical. All of a sudden, we just have a path. Everything we see in life is critical. I don't know if you've been to church. Everybody, everybody had the, I call it roast preacher. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the message gets done. You walk out. You're like, man, I can't believe. And That's just me. Okay, cool. <laughs> we went to a conference this weekend. They were kind of joking about it. You go to the conference. Like, man, if I, was, if I was doing this conference. <laughs> if I was doing it, yeah. Well, hold on a second. Yeah. 
yeah, that, that's, a big, that's a big ask, isn't it? You know, if I was doing this conference, I would have put this light here, and I would have said that thing there. And if I was doing church, I would do it like this and this and this. We all have that, we have that mentality, right? Like, I would do it this way, and I would do it that way. But that's not the mind that Christ wants to have for us. Our brain's constantly evolving, which is good if you're a positive person. Any positive people out there? I love you people. You guys keep polishing that halo up. <laughs> Ooh, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. <laughs> now, my wife, she's the exception. Okay, so she has a halo. It's, I polish it for her, you know. <laughs> True, good, admiral, <laughs> loving it. All right, the problem, like me, man, I don't think positive all the time. I'm kind of, I get like that negative side, like, man, I can't believe this, and I can't believe that one thing, and this, and this, and this. Man, I got to fight uphill. My brain can be just wired negative. I have to fight uphill from just stuff I put in my brain as a teenager. I keep thinking these lies even about myself or about other people or about how I see relationships. And so I kind of avoid things or maybe overreact to things because I don't have a good perspective. So today I want to introduce a new thought to you. And this idea really think can change the way you wire your brain. This idea is a cognitive bias. It's a mental filter. It's the way you process your thoughts. Here's the definition of a cognitive bias. It's a mistaken reasoning based on personal preference or beliefs. You have a mental filter. You sit at a seat at the table. No matter what you, seat you sit in, you have a perspective. And that perspective may be wrong or right based upon other things besides facts. The facts may be true, but your filter may be skewed. So last week, I was Superman on stage. And uh, like, I don't know how to say that. Like, in a way. So I wore my Superman shirt, so maybe Superman, you know. I took my glasses off, and if you miss it, I didn't preach the glasses on, so I couldn't see anybody. So I was like, there's nobody here, it's perfect. And then I couldn't see my notes, so it worked out even better, because I was like, this maybe is going downhill, because I can't read anything. So my, I gave my glasses to Drew, so I don't have super sight, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm a flawed dude. And so for me, like, my lenses make a filter so I can see you lovely faces. I can see this beautiful, I think Matt's over there, because my, my there's light. There he is, dude. Is your white dome just, boom. <laughs> I mean... Reflection of the glory of God, Shekinah glory, just into the stage, you know what I mean? There's a trend around here with like people shaving their head. I don't know what it is, but I'm trying to stay out of it. Um, trying to rep what I got as long as I can. And somebody, maybe my true friend, when it starts looking like, mm, just be like, shave that thing off, you know what I'm saying? Don't do that Homer Simpson comb over. Anyway. So we have, we have a way we see things. We have a default filter. We have a way of seeing life. And our personal beliefs sometimes can make our, our judgments wrong. We can have the wrong perceptions. We have the wrong view of a group of people or type of person or the way we see church, the way we even work in life. And so this is why people have different responses to the same situation. You know, I owned a landscaping company for a long time. And we're at that time of year we start raking leaves. Anybody like doing raking leaves? Exactly. Nobody likes doing that. And neither did the workers I had. It's kind of incredible. And so... <laughs> They show up and say, hey, today we're raking leaves, and the fact of the matter is I'm paying you to rake leaves. Like, it's a pretty mindless job. You just start raking. And some guys start raking like the life depend on, man. And they're building bags and all this stuff. And there's that other guys, you know, like, whoo, I'm tired. Oh, my thumb. Oh, my neck. Oh, this is too much work. Oh, can I go? I don't feel good. Oh, my head, my head hurts, you know. You know what I'm talking about. You guys have been around these people, right? There's a, there's a, the facts are true, but the filter is different, right? Like, we all have a different idea of what it is to work hard or to perform a task. We all have different ideas on that, but the facts are the same. Maybe you have a, a, a position at work as a supervisor, and you give some feedback, like the same feedback to two different people. And so the first person you talk to, they're super offended. Like, you're like, hey, we need to improve on this. I can't believe that you're saying that. Like, I did this, this, and this. They walk out, like, I'm going to give that guy some feedback. You get a chance to tell, get in his meeting, and da, da, da. They're all offended. You know what I'm talking about. And then you got the next guy you talk to, same situation. Like, give him some feedback. Man, thanks for, thanks for pointing it out. Now, I didn't really realize I was doing that. You know, if I can improve on that, you let me know. I'm going to work on that and make it better. Like, why can't everybody be like that, like that you know? They always say you don't know uh, how much you can trust somebody you work with until you sell them, tell them no. 
you try that, right? Like, hey, I don't want you to do that. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, we're not going to do that today. What? You're like, I'm freaking out. It's like, I'm going to just see if you're in the game. I was going to tell you yes, but now I'm just going to tell you no because you're upset about it. So I'm going to tell you no. All right, I don't do that as a pastor at all. <laughs> don't ask my staff. I don't, I'm just kidding. All right, we don't really do that. But the facts are this, that you know the fact, but your filter is different. Matter of fact, you may came to real life today, and you have, you're sitting side by side, and one of you is like, man, churches are for hypocrites. These people, I don't want to be around them at all. Like these skinny jean preachers and this praise team, got drums on stage, these lights, all, all yeah. Portable, I heard that portable churches aren't real churches. I heard that. I'm like, okay, when we get real, I guess, because we're all real life, so we're going to be real. Um, but he's like, you, your mentality is like, your filter is like, this is never going to, you're not going to like it. I mean, let's just be honest. You're not going to like it. But if you show up to church, like, hey, you know what? I don't agree with things Christians do. They make mistakes, but I love them anyway. Like, I, I believe different style churches can reach different people. I believe you don't have to look the same. I don't, I don't think our church is the only way to do church, amen? There's a lot of great churches doing a lot of great things. We don't have to be everybody. And I'm not going to judge anybody else for what they're doing. They're na- doing it in the name of Jesus, and they're impacting lives, amen? And so this, we don't have the corner of the gospel. This isn't the corner of the market. There's just this one way of doing it. And so for us, we can uplift, and we can encourage other people who didn't even look like us. We can have a different filter. And so today, the facts are the same, but the filters can be different. You know, last week, we talked about the discipline of meditation, <clears throat> the discipline of thinking deeply on the things of God, to put in the word of God first in your life. And this week, I want to dive into another component, another discipline to help us take our thoughts captive. And so uh, next week, we're going to talk about the power of prayer. But today, I want to talk about, <clears throat> man, excuse me, I'm going to die up here. Like, <laughs> too much praising this weekend. I was at a conference, and my throat is getting hoarse, you know what I'm saying? And so if it falls apart, just preach without me. Somebody come up and grab the microphone. <laughs> Be careful who preaches that up here. Andrew, you're up first. I'm just kidding. So today I'm talking about reframing. I'm going to talk about reframing your mind. Somebody say reframing. 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 I don't know about you, but if you ever put a house together and the frame is wrong, whew, that's a bad problem, right? You get the door in and it doesn't open correctly and it drags on the floor. You know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden it's not just the door, it's the frame. It's like so bad you've got to cut it out. It's a lot of work, right? And so today we're going to talk about something that's going to take a lot of work. Talk about reframing. What's that mean? It means to think differently. It means to change the way you see things, change the way you define things in your life, create a different way of looking at a situation, a relationship, or a person. It's like the kid that loves to play baseball, like my little boy Jack, he loves to go out there and hit the ball. And so you can imagine going outside and saying, hey, I'm the best baseball player, I'm the best batter, I'm the best hitter, pick the ball up and throw in the air, and strike one. Man, everybody misses. I'm still the greatest batter in the world. You pick the ball up, you throw it, strike two, you're like, man, what's going on? Pick that ball up, throw in the air, strike three, you're like, whoa. I'm also the greatest pitcher in the world, too. I struck out the greatest batter. All of a sudden, your mind is totally reframed, right? Like, I'm the best at everything I do. This is how I roll. Like, this is how it works. And so we can change the way we think just by simply changing the meaning of the thing that we're doing. I always call it thinking different. As soon as they say thinking different. There's no G. Just thinking. Thinking. I'm, okay, I'm too far south. We're way more we're not... Farther south. We're going to get to Arkansas in a minute, all right? Thinking different. All right, so let me illustrate this just a little bit. What kind of day do you want to have? What kind of day is it going to be for you? For some of you, like, man, this day is terrible. It's raining. Woo, man, this just cold rain. Can't believe it. Like, it's going to snow this week, maybe. It's unbelievable. It's a terrible day. I got to hang out with those people. I hate hanging out with those people. They're a pain in the tiny, the thing back here, you know, like, I don't want to be around these people. I mean, it depends on your frame of mind, right? Some of you are like, man, it's going to be a great day. God's going to do something. I know I'm going to be interrupted today, but I'm going to use it for the glory of God. 
I know somebody's going to call me that I wasn't anticipating, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to make a difference. Like, I'm excited for what God's going to do in church today. I'm not just showing up. I'm prepared. I'm expecting, amen? I'm ready for something that God's going to give me. And so your framework determines your day. Some of you just automatically, like, every day's bad. No matter what day it is, it, 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 it's Friday. It's a bad day, you know? Like, I, I got a weekend coming up. Oh, man, it's terrible. It's terrible being off. I hate that too, man. I, mean, I hate around these people. Man, I don't, I don't know if it's ever going to work out. My, my finance is never going to be there. I can never make this happen. It's always going to be bad. Just a negative mindset. Some of you guys have the most positive attitude. Like, God's still working. Like, I, I got diagnosed with something pretty tough. And you know what? I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. But God's doing something. There's people in this church that have the testimony of the, of the goodness of God in their life. Like they're going through something so hard that we, most of us, wouldn't even understand or even think or, or contemplate because it's so hard to even put in your mind. And they're just standing up and saying, you know what? God's been faithful. God is good. Even if I don't heal on this side of heaven, God is still good. There's people that are going through the thicket, and they're, man, I'm lifting up Jesus. My finances don't look perfect. My marriage is far from perfect. Everything in my life isn't exactly where I want it, but you know what? God is good. I'm going to find something positive in this life, man. I love what I do. My job is a calling. I don't just show up and punch a clock. Okay, there's one person who doesn't punch a clock. I like that. Woo. Who's out there? Who did that? Give me a woo. Nobody. I just heard things. <laughs> Last week, my sight's bad. This week, my hearing's bad. Man, you better be praying for another pastor next week. <laughs> Something going down, man. So what kind of day are you going to have? What kind of day are you going to have? Here's the point. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control how you frame it. Amen? You can't control what comes in your life. You can't control the cards you dealt. You can't control the starting line. You can't control what people say about you. You can't control what everybody else thinks. You can't control your car breaking down. You can't control all this different stuff, but you can't control how you frame it. I mean, think about Paul and his life, how he went to Rome. His passion was to preach the gospel to the known leaders of the world. He wanted to see the emperor himself. He's on a one-track mind. He was called by God to go to Rome. He was on a mission, and he didn't go as a preacher. He went as a prisoner, remember? He went in chains. He's in a cell, like chained to another guard 24-7 a day. If anybody had the mentality to quit... Or have a bad day. It would have been Paul. But Paul changed his mindset. You know, he could have wrote in Philippians 1. He could have said this. And this is what I call the NWV, the new whiners version. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you're new to church, you should try. Don't look it up. I'm just being mean. It's not a real version. But it might say this. Hey, I just want you to know, brothers and sisters. Man, my life really, really sucks right now. And after the hell I've been through, I'm not going back. I'm not going to Rome. I'm done with that. I'm done with my life group. Come on, somebody, somebody said something in my life group, and it was just bothering me. Like, I didn't really like that person. It kind of smelled weird in the house, you know, just like weird things going on. Like, just something happened. Like, I'm not going back to that church. I know I'm kind of planted there, and people love me, but, man, there's just something I didn't agree with, and I'm out. And I'm going to go next church and next church and next church instead of get planting in the church. And, and, you know, this isn't what Paul said at all, was it? Like, he didn't quit on God when it got super tough, did he? Matter of fact, he says this. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Like these chains have a purpose, amen? This pain has a purpose. This struggle has a purpose. As a result, it's clear throughout the whole palace guard that everyone else, that I am in chains for Christ. Man, God is using my struggle. God's using my weakness. God is using my pain. God's using the hardship. If you're going through something deep, God's going to use it. If you're going through something hard, God's going to use it. God's going to use it not just to change your life, but God's going to use it to change somebody else's life. Because one day, you're going to see the glory of God through you, and you're going to tell somebody that story. Like, hey, you know what? It's not that bad. Because one time, this happened in my life, and God was faithful to me. He'll be faithful to you. If you're going through it, I'm going through it with you. I'm going to help you through this because I know God is so faithful. I want God to use your life just like he used mine. And you're going to share that story of hope and strength and the peace of God and the strength of God. And you're going to be a man of God or a woman of God because you've been at the feet of God and eaten at the hand of God. 
And so for most of us, you know, we say, hey, man, uh, man, today's bad. It's like, no, no, today is good. And you think about Paul, man, he's like this. I'm not chained to this guard. This guard's chained to me, amen? I mean, think about it. You got a captive audience for eight hours straight. Come on, who wants to be chained to me for eight hours as I preach? <laughs> I'll do it. Who, who said that? <laughs> uh, Brian? Oh, Forster. I got so much to say about that. I'm going to make it 16 for you. You need more. Anyway, you can't control what happens to you. You can control how you frame it. Think about him being a prisoner, you know, how he framed that. Like, he wasn't negative about it. It wasn't outside God's will. He wasn't lost. Like, God didn't lose track of him. He wasn't outside of where he wanted to be. God put him exactly where God wanted to be, amen? And God put you in your family. You might say, I don't like my family. Well, God put you in your family. You don't like your parents. God put you with your parents. You, you may, you, your kid, you may be like, my kid is not my kid. He's acting like all this crazy, acting for extra treats, you know, like, it's my kid. It's like, you're, God put you with your kids. He gave them to you, man. Just do it, you know. You may look at your job, like, this is not what I like to do. You may look at your friends. You may look at the school district you're in. You may look at this career path. You may look at all stuff. But you know what? God put you there, amen? It's not an accident. God set the boundaries of the world, of the earth, of every political boundary God has put in place. Every leader he's installed in place. Everything is on purpose. And God's putting those places so you can learn from him. See, God's trying to do something in you. He's not trying to do something through you right now. He's trying to do something in you. He's trying to make you into something. He's trying to teach you something that only you can learn. So today, how do we, how do we control our thoughts? Like, how do we reframe our mindset? Like, how do we do this? I'm going to give you three principles to help you very practically, very simply, very quickly, some principles help reframe your relationships and situations. The first thing is this. Thank God for what didn't happen. If you've been through a really bad day, I'm not talking about a bad, 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 bad day, just start thanking God for what didn't happen. Just be like, you know, I'm really thankful that that didn't happen. Maybe you grew up in a really tough home, and some things happened to you. But there's a lot of things that didn't happen to you, amen? And we can be positive. Even though the things you went through was like hell on earth, you can be positive. You know, just in the, in the way of saying some of this stuff, like this is just a little bit of a story of what could have happened. Uh, me and my wife, uh, we uh, had our foster kids, and I've told you the story a little bit. But we went to New York City on vacation. And the whole vacation was built around going to this amazing, con- or the amazing uh, Broadway musical called Wicked. More people want wicked than chained to me. I can't believe that. Because <laughs> you're wicked, you'll be chained to me, you know? May not be good. I don't know what's going to happen. But. So we're going to go to New York City, and uh, the whole thing's planned around. So we're like, oh, man, we don't have a lot of money, so we're going to drive to New York City because these tickets are 400 bucks a piece. There's four of us, okay? So you do some math on that. And so, so we're like, we're going to go to Wicked, and we're save the flights. We're going to drive, and there was no cruise control. You know what I'm saying? The Lord Jesus, use my leg. We're going to get there. And so 3,000-something miles later, we did it. And... Uh, not just one way, so I can do math. And uh, so, my, so, so Diane, she's getting online, and it's, it's late at night, and she, she pulls up the website, and she, she puts the tickets in the card, and she falls asleep. And so it's like, no big deal. Next day she gets up, I'm at work, and she buys the tickets. Well, lo and behold, overnight, the page is this magical thing, it refreshed. And so the cart changed the date to the next day. So instead of buying it for the vacation, she like, if today's Thursday, she bought it for Friday, right? And so all of a sudden we're like, oh wow, that's a lot of money that's not going to work out. So Diane calls me and she's just in a fit. She's crying. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I'm on my bed. I'm under the covers. <laughs> she's crying. She's upset, like $1,600. And I'm like, well, why don't you just return? I'm like, oh, they can't return within 24 hours. I'm like, oh no. You know? And they can't give it a stub hub. They won't exchange dates. Like all these policies are in place. We're like, we're just going to eat this money, you know? And I'm thinking, God, like, you know, just prior in this year, my 6.0 truck, I saw someone wearing a Ford shirt, by the way. I'm sorry, uh, but the 6.0 diesel, <laughs> he's back there preaching at me, I like it. Uh, I'd still love some Fords, but not the 6.0 diesel, you know what I'm saying? If you know anything about diesels, that is the worst engine ever made in the history of mankind. I promise you that. You can look it up, just Google it, do I'm preaching, I promise it's true. <laughs> it falls apart. So I spent like $12,000 in this truck. I seriously drove, I'm not even talking like, I'm talking like 30 miles 
I'm $12,000 deep in fixing this truck. I'm not going to go on details of it, but I was pretty hot about it. And so I spend this money on my own like business and all sort of stuff. And so she called me up. Guess what I was thinking? Well, at least it's not 6.0 diesel. I mean, it's not 12000 you know, it's for our family. We already are committed. We've already done all this other stuff. Everybody's excited about it. We're, we're kind of on this one. I said, babe, just buy the tickets again. It's like, we'll make it happen. I love you. It'll be fine. Click. $3,200 to go to this concert. You know what I'm saying? Or to, to Wicked. We, or, I did the math right on that? I don't know. Yeah, 3200 bucks. I did it. There you go, baby. So 3200 So, yeah, we're those guys that spent $3,200 to go to see Wicked on Broadway. We almost missed it because we took the wrong ferry. And, boy, we were running through New York City. We are going to make that con. You know what I'm saying? Like, $800 seats. Out of the way. <laughs> we're running, baby. Take off your shoes, baby. I told you not to wear flip-flops. Get those running shoes on. We're going to make it. So sometimes, you know, you got to see life a little differently. you got to thank God for what didn't happen. Some of you guys, you know, you didn't get the bonus. Like, you didn't get the work project on time. You didn't get the extra money. But thank God you have a job, amen? Like, some of you guys, your truck broke down. That was me. I have a lot of truck problems. Now it's a Chevy issue, so we can get on that, right? And so my truck broke down, $4,000 in labor. I'm like, okay, about that, Jesus. You know, but God gave me a bit of work on a truck, didn't he? So here I'm going to work on a truck. So I'm out there working on a truck. Thank God for that. Some of you guys, you're flying and your flight gets delayed. There's nothing more annoying than that, right? And you're sitting there. And there's like, there's problems on the, on the plane. And you're like, man, I'm so irritated. But then you start thinking, man, I'd rather, the problems, I'd rather be here, right? Than like up there when there's a problem. <laughs> like this is way better. So I'm okay just being a little late on Jesus. You know, like we're going to let this plane get fixed. And so for us, we just thank God for what didn't happen. The same thing is just practice pre-framing. Practice pre-framing. Pre-framing. Think about the situation before we get into it. Change your thought process before you get into the issue you're in. And so let me illustrate this for you. So I was in high school. I was a drum major, which means I was the captain of the nerds. I can say it because I am the nerd. Don't you pick on drum majors or any other band people. No, that's good. Um, anybody in band now? Anybody want to rep that out? Um, one, two. That's cool. Um, well, I played the alto saxophone. And so when you're in charge, everybody thinks you're, like, amazing. Well, I'm, let's be honest. I'm not that great at alto saxophone. I knew that. Um, but I was really good at leadership. So I was, like, on the leadership part of it. And so I'm playing the alto saxophone. And I go to a to contest, which I uh, played a solo my one time, playing my solo. And uh, you got to have all memorized. Now, if you know about uh, music contests, you get into a room. And I had had this thing down pat, you know. Like, I had practiced it. had it memorized. It was, like, easy peasy. It was ready to go. I mean, obviously a lot of pieces to it. But, like, I felt confident. Well, I got in the room. What I didn't rehearse for is that when you get in the room, all of a sudden it's like, man, this isn't my bedroom. <laughs> there's my mom. And there's my grandma. And there's my sister. And there's, there's the, uh, the, uh, the band director. And there's my friends. All of a sudden, like, whoo, it's getting hot up in this place. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, this solo is looking a little more tough. And so I start playing, and I get about halfway through this thing. And I don't know about you, but my, my, my nerves were getting up and up and up. And finally, I just got to the point where I just got blank. I mean, I couldn't remember even the next, the next little phrase. I mean, it's like four majors into it, and I'm like, just still like, figuring it out. And it's just falling apart, just getting bad, and just kind of land the plane. The guy gets over, and I'm like, wow, that was terrible, you know? And everybody's like, oh, great job. I'm like, thanks for the sympathy. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll take whatever I can get now, you know? And, it, and for all you people, I got a two, which is a sympathy two. Because, like, you're not going to go on the districts because it was terrible, but I want you to feel good about yourself, you know? <laughs> so they gave me a two. Um, and if you got a two, your two is way better than my two, I promise you. So you feel good about yourself, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, so I'm feeling down out. I'm the drum major. It's like, what a joke, you know, what happened there? And so my, my banjo came to me and said, hey, man, I want you to listen to this. It's like, you learned one way not to do it, didn't you? Like, you got nervous, and all of a sudden, you just, like, freaked out. Like, you just kind of lost it. He said, you got to do something for me, man. When you, when you play in these contests and when you're, when you're leading, man, you got to play not to lose you got to play to win. Like, you're playing just to survive this thing. Like, you got to actually go after it. And so all of a sudden, you know what I started telling myself? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a player under pressure, you know what I'm saying? Like, put me in, coach. 
Like, I'm going to be great under pressure. You know what I'm talking about. I want, I want to be the guy that, that pulls through in the moment. And so you talk about being on stage and being a pastor. Like, man, I didn't have all that at the time. But I'll tell you what, that, that lesson's applicable now, isn't it? Like, if somebody is on the deathbed and needs Jesus, come on, put me in, coach. Like, send me to the hospital. Like, I'm going to be the guy. Is there, is there any revival somewhere? Come on, put me on stage. Like, somebody needs Jesus. Somebody, somebody needs a word. Like, put me in the hard situation. I'm going to be ready for it. I'm going to be great under pressure. We have to be pre-framed, Amen. Like, before you walk in that situation, you got to know, hey, look, I'm great under pressure. Like, I was prepared for the pressure when I went to that situation, but now you got to prepare for the pressure. You ever had a mental game? Everybody run a marathon, half marathon? Sickos. Where you guys at? Sicko. All you sickos, right? Like, it's a mind game. It is in the mind. Like, yeah, your body's there and the flesh is weak, but I promise you, man, your mental game has got to be on. you got to prepare for that day. you got to know what you're doing. Hey, we launched a church, amen? You talk about getting a mental game on. You gotta be prepared. Like we gotta be ready to get salty, ready to get dirty. We're gonna we're gonna take some ground for the devil. That ain't gonna be easy. We have opposition. There's gonna be defeat. We're gonna learn a hundred ways not to do it. Amen. We're gonna find a lot of ways not to do church. But you know what? God's gonna be in it. God's gonna be faithful, and by God's grace, He's gonna grow and change people's lives. And so, if that's for us, we're gonna pre-frame it. So we don't know what's gonna happen to our lives, but we do know how to pre-frame it. And so, for us, we choose to be different. So the third thing is this: we look for God's goodness. Not only do we thank God for what didn't happen, we pray for him, but we look for God's goodness in every moment. I promise you this. If you're looking to have a bad day, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have a bad day. You know this already. You guys are super smart, right? If you want to see the negative, if you want to see the critical, you want to see the bad, you want to tear somebody down, it's so easy to look at an organization and say, Brr, and look at a person and say, Brr, all the shots fired, right? And we can tear people down so easily. You're going to find the bad. On the other hand, if you're looking for God's goodness, what you're going to find? You're going to find God's goodness. If your marriage is on the rocks, things are going well with your kids and you're looking for all the bad, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find yourself going down and down and down and things aren't going to work out. But if you find God's goodness, because there's something to be thankful for, I promise you that. There's something good that's happening in that relationship. You can see God working. There's some people that have offended you intentionally. There's some people that have taken advantage of you intentionally. And you can say, hey, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You can say, I love them anyway. It doesn't matter, son, what you do. I still love you. Man, I made a mistake. Can you forgive me? I want some healing today, amen? Like, I want this to work out. I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. I'm taking responsibility, but you know what? God's going to use it, and I want to do it with you. I'm, I want to go through life again with you. I'm going to do this all over again. Hey, how can I make it right? What do I need to, to do to pursue this? Whatever it is in your life, you can find the goodness in it, or we can believe the worst in people, right? We can always do that. And I feel like so many people, it's just always so negative. Like, somebody, somebody wins something, it's all like, I can't believe that, and they're upset about it. Like, the lottery winner, like, where was that in my life, you know? Like, come on now. Like I didn't play the lottery, but if I did, I'd tithe. But if any of you win, make sure, just let me know. That's good. That didn't come across good. But anyway, a good, a good, a good counselor will tell you this. You don't, you don't get to determine the circumstance of your life, but you do get to determine the meaning. You, you do determine the meaning. You get to determine the meaning of your life. You know, for me, like, my dad wasn't always there. He wasn't that involved. He wasn't in that relationship. But I don't have to define my heavenly father by my earthly dad. Like, my, earthly, my Heavenly Father is good. My Heavenly Father is there. I can determine the goodness of God based upon some other circumstances in my life. And for me, like, me and my wife, we've been married about five years at the time. We were youth pastors. I mean, we had a really awesome youth group, a lot of youth kids. And we were just sacrificing everything we could to make, see kids, like, see kids far from God, discover purpose in Jesus. I mean, we were doing everything. You talk about any event. We were finding every, scrounging out everything we possibly could to see kids' lives changed. And so for us, it was on our heart, like, hey, it's time to have kids, you know, like, we did the foster kid thing, we've been in ministry now, like, we're getting older, you know, woo, dust the cobwebs off, you know, whatever, and, um, you know what I'm talking about, and, uh, 
Anyway, so it's like this on our heart, like, man, we get to have some kids, you know? Like, God's really given this to us. And we tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to have kids. Year after year, year after year, year after year. And so we went through this struggle. Like, why God? I mean, we, after everything we're doing, right? Like, we, we sacrificed basically everything. Like, I mean, I'm talking like financially and careers and, and, and whatever, right? Like, we get up a lot. Like, I don't understand, like, why this isn't happening, you know? Like, what is, what is going on? Like, I just don't get it. We finally came to the point of surrender. I mean, we're talking like three years into this thing. We're like, all right, maybe God doesn't have his kids. Like, maybe this isn't his will for our lives. Maybe there's something, something different. Maybe there's a different calling that God has for our lives. We start looking at people like Louie and Shelly Giggler that couldn't have kids. And say, hey, man, God used us. We didn't have kids, but we knew that was God's way of saying you're going to have a purpose in life that's so much different and bigger and different way that you can impact people because you're not spending all your time with your kids because God's holding them back so you can do something greater. And so for us, we're like, well, what is that call for us? What's that look like? And uh, we haven't really shared this with a lot of people. I don't think there's very few people who probably even know this. Um, but we decided, like, hey, if God's not giving us kids, uh, that's one of the holdups, like, really kind of go in the mission field for us was, like, hey, if we're going to have kids, like, it's going to be kind of weird, and I, I get all this. And so, like, man, you know what? It's like, we're going to have kids. Let's just go. And so, literally, we signed up to go to Africa. Uh, we were uh, already planned out, set up. I was still youth pastor. Nobody knew at the church. I didn't tell anybody yet. You know, that was great leadership right there. Um, and uh, so this like happened over six months. We were already prepared. We were planned. We were ready to do our thing. And, and we were like, man, God's going to do this. We surrendered that. We were content with what God was putting in our hand. And guess what happened? Little jack man happened. God, God gave us a baby. And we weren't looking for it. And we weren't complaining about it. And we weren't upset. We were, we were just content saying, God, we want to serve you. And in that moment, we surrendered. God gave us a blessing. I'm not saying the story always goes that way, but for us, that's the story that worked out for us. And so God gave us a blessing of Jack, and all of a sudden we're like, okay, hey, what, you know, maybe we're trying a curveball here. You know, like we weren't, we went through the doctors, we did all the stuff, and they're like, how in the world does this even happen? There's a lot of stats of why it shouldn't happen. And guess what? Here's baby Jack. So we're going to change course again. We're going to do what God's calling us to do. You know what? You can't control your circumstances, amen? But you can control how you frame it. You can say, man, I love this prison cell, baby. There's a, there's a guard in this cell. Like, you know what? We're not going to have kids. That's fine, God. Because we're going to do something with the life you're giving us. Now, what's your day going to be today? What's your day going to be today? Is today a bad day? Is today a good day? I'm going to tell you something. The darkest moments of your life, God is going to use you. God is still working in you. God's working through you. God's a purpose in you. You, don't, you can't see it. And I learned this, that God wants to do something in my life. God wants to say, are you really willing? Are you really willing? Are you, are you, are you going to grow through this? I'm going to build your faith. Like, you're not going to understand everything I'm doing. I'm not going to remove the pressure because the pressure is made to help you grow. Amen? This pressure is trying to help you change. These points in your life are helping you develop. And so for us, God is still working. God is developing. God is changing from the inside out. I'm going to challenge you guys to reframe your thoughts. Amen? Take control of your mind. Man, you win it up here. Every time I go through something hard now, I always ask this question, God, what are you teaching me? Man, it's the most powerful question you ever ask. Because whatever it is, God, I won't be faithful to it. Amen? I'll be faithful to the lesson you put in front of me. Whatever relationship's not going well, whatever financial burden, you know what? I come to the point, it's like, you know what? God's got this. There's something he's preparing me for that's greater than the problem I'm going through, amen? He's preparing me for something greater. And God's never finished developing you. And we can't control the circumstances, but we can't control the filter. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray that your spirit and God, your power work in this place. God, I pray the truth that sets us free, God, would change our mind. God, I pray reframe the way we think, the way we look at life. Guys, we take a moment to pray. I wonder how many of you would say like me, man, God, give me a better frame. God, help me to change my filter to truth. God, help me to find 
myself and you. God, if that's you, if you'd say, hey, I would change my circumstances, but I can't change the circumstances, but I change my filter. If that's you today, would you raise your hand and say, hey, I want to change my filter. I want to see the way I see life. I see your hands up all around the room. Anybody else that? Say, you know what? I also want to change the way I see life. I want a different filter today. Father, we pray that we let your truth, God, just penetrate our heart. God, thank you for your divine power to destroy strongholds. God, I pray you tear down the strongholds that are holding us in our spot today. God, help us to restructure and to fill our minds and to fix our minds on your truth. Jesus, we ask that you define for us what the truth is you have us to follow. God, work in us. God, I pray you restore relationships. God, I pray that we win the battle of the mind, that you'd be the person and the man, the woman of God that you call us to be. God, I pray that we wouldn't lose our minds, God. I pray that we be strong-willed, God. I pray that we persevere through circumstances, God. I pray that we have the mind of Christ, God, that we could carry our cross to the foot of Calvary. God, I pray that we go through hard circumstances and be a light to a world that needs Jesus. God, I pray you encourage us, God, as we take every thought captive today. As you continue praying, there are those of you right now that are surrounded by a circumstance, either good or bad. It's either good or bad. For some of your life, is going pretty smooth. But you know as God has created you for more than just success or just money. For some of your life, is feeling pretty bad right now. Maybe you feel like you're trapped or in a dark spot. For all of us today, God is calling us out of the darkness into the light of Jesus called the gospel. The fact is you're not here on accidents. It's not a coincidence. The divine plan of God has put you in this place, in this moment, is reaching out to you today. The truth is this. The truth is Jesus. The truth is that Son of God was born a virgin. He never sinned. He was perfect and holy. He became sin for us on the cross, the perfect sacrifice of forgiveness for our sins. He died in our place, the Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world. On the third day, on the third day when the stove was rolled away, our Savior Jesus, he was not there. Amen? God and raised him from the dead. Why? So that anyone calls on the name of Jesus. That includes you. Anybody who calls on the name of Jesus, I'll be saved. Hey, in this room today, in the room today there are those of you, good or bad. Good or bad. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you feel low. Maybe you feel guilty. But today, when you call on the name of Jesus, he makes you brand new. He pulls you out of the darkness into the truth of the gospel. I'm going to ask you to step out today. I'm going to ask you just to say, I need Jesus. I need him. I need his grace. I need his power. I need his mercy. When you call on his name, he'll forgive your sins and he'll make you brand new. So across this room, those of you who say, I confess him today. I need him today. I want to give my life to him. If that's your prayer, would you lift your hands up now? It's all around the room. I see your hand. Anybody else got a hand? Say, I need Jesus today across this room. Say some hands. That's awesome. Anybody else say, I need Jesus? That's incredible. Hey, give it up for God. God's doing some work. If that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer and ask Jesus to come and save you from your sin, just in your own words. But you can repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, say, come into my life. God, renew me. God, I want my filter. I want my mind to be like yours, Christ. Thanks for dying on the cross for me. Thanks for sending your son, Jesus, to take away my sin. God, I believe you. I'm going to live for you. God, give me a new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, real life, would you celebrate those who just prayed that prayer? Come on, stand up and celebrate today. Such an encouragement. Go on, stand up. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.